You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. It'd be true to say that people who use their mind normally, what I describe as normal crazy people, what various pieces of research conclude to be about 96% of the population. People using their minds that way are equally inadequate, equally insecure, equally lacking in self-confidence or the self-confidence they should have. But some people are more equal than others. In other words, some people are obviously more insecure. Some people feel more inadequate than other people. That's simply a statement of fact. You may not feel particularly insecure or particularly inadequate, but you don't feel or you don't perceive yourself to be anything like the person you really are. Unless you are completely present in the moment, plugged into the universe, if I can put it like that, you really haven't got a clue as to the depth, breadth, and unlimited height of your own inner potential. So everybody who's using their mind normally is selling themselves short, living down to their expectations. But as I said, some people are more equal than others. Some people are particularly inadequate. Some people are particularly insecure. And in my own personal experience, we'll get on to psychology in a minute, but in my own personal experience, the most insecure people who I have ever met were the biggest bullies that I have ever met. As I say, that's from my own personal experience. But let's look at it from a psychological perspective for a moment, because as we know from previous conversations, during the third year of our lives, we learn how to collaborate, communicate, negotiate, and manipulate in order to make our way in the world, so to speak. Now, people who in particular during that third year of their lives are starved of love and attention, will, in later life, look for love and attention. Now, that is, I'm speaking generally, obviously, I'm making a general observation. I'm not leaping to conclusions or anything, but I'm making a general observation. Different people will obviously go about looking for love and attention in different ways in later life. Some people who are particularly starved of love and attention when they were young and impressionable, or perhaps even put down by their parents or bullied by their parents, will end up acting out in later life as bullies. Essentially, in other words, a bully is an attention seeker. A bully is not trying to impose something on you. A bully is trying to take something from you. A bully, deep down starved of the approval that 
according to Tony DeMello, we were all rared on. DeMello refers to it as the drug of approval. A bully starved of approval will go looking for other people's approval. And you see, it doesn't need to be positive approval that the bully gets. Any attention will do. And in particular, attention that gives that individual a sense of achievement by way of the power that they have exerted over the person they are bullying. In short, before we go any further and get into how to deal with a bully, we need to understand that bullies are created on the same old monkey see, monkey do basis as everything else is created for the normal crazy mind. Or actually, we've talked about this at length in other podcast episodes, or indeed for the mind of somebody who is in total control of their state of mind and is beginning to understand their own potential on the basis that we set our minds to achieve the grand goals that we can achieve once we shake off the shackles of our past programming, once we shake off the shackles of the 70,000 looped thoughts that run through our head every day. We do that by setting our minds and in, in the same way, because the human mind is actually very simple and mechanical in the way in which it operates, it's still a monkey see, monkey do proposition. But let's get back to what we were talking about. And if you have any questions in relation to that, what I've just said with regard to setting your mind to achieve your grand goals and objectives, and how monkey see, monkey do still actually works in practice, put a comment in my Facebook group. My, my open Facebook group, to succeed, dot, 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 just let go. Called exactly the same as this podcast. But let's come back to bullies. Bullies are bullies because they were created during their formative years. And like all people who are living off the programming of their formative years, they are constantly recreated by themselves. I referred to the 70,000 looped thoughts a moment ago, and we have a number of episodes on the impact that has on the normal crazy mind. It means that we keep doing the same thing again and again and again, because the brain, when it's used normally, is operating on autopilot. And the 70,000 looped thoughts are the autopilot's programs that enable the normal mind to make it through the day. In the case of a bully, the bully is reliving what was done to him or her during their formative years and acting out in a way that enables them get the approval or the attention that they were starved of when they were young and impressionable. Now, as I said, I'm speaking generally. I, I'm obviously not talking about every single case of bullying on the face of the earth, but I'm speaking in general terms. And why I need to preface what we're going on to in relation to how to deal with bullies with this is that we need to understand that bullies are damaged people. And they go around damaging other people, but bullies essentially are damaged people. Now that we've got that little bit of introduction under our belts, let's explore what's happening when somebody is being bullied by somebody else. As I said a few minutes ago, a bully isn't imposing something on you. A bully is taking something from you. A bully, first and foremost, is taking your attention from you. They are feeding off your attention. They are feeding off, essentially, your energy. We've talked 
in other episodes about what my good wife, Lisa, calls the energy vampires. People, after having spent 30 minutes in their company, you're only fit to lie down. People who will suck you dry. Negative people. Negative people don't impose their negative energy on you. Energy is just energy, and it's either flowing in your body or it's blocked in your body as a result of blockages in your own state of mind. As we've said before, if you're ill at ease in your mind, you will suffer from dis-ease in your body. Energy is just energy. It's either flowing or it's blocked. In other words, a negative person isn't giving you their negative energy in exactly the same way as a bully is taking something from you, a negative person is taking your energy. There's actually videographic and photographic evidence to this effect. Google, if you like, Kirlian, K-I-R-L-I-A-N, photography, to look into this in a little more detail. It's quite old technology at this stage, and technology has moved on. And I can't, for the life of me, remember the name of the latest technology that is being used to photograph the state of one's energy and the interaction of one's energy with another's energy. But effectively, just like a negative person is feeding off, like a vampire, feeding off the energy of somebody else, this is exactly what a bully is doing. A bully in need of self-affirmation, in need of energy to paper over the perceived cracks in their own persona or conceptual self, is taking other people's energy. And they have a particular modus operandi for doing that. The negative person just sucks you dry. The bully goes one step further and imposes his or her will on you, if you like, by taking actions that feed him or enable her feed off your energy. And whereas you will feel exhausted having been in the presence of a negative person for a few minutes, you will feel possibly distraught or angry or frustrated or all of those negative emotions as a result of having been in the presence of a bully. A bully is just an attention seeker and a bully is feeding off your energy. A number of people have asked me recently, how do I deal with energy vampires? And my answer always is that first of all, you need to have some form of trigger or mechanism in place so that you in effect put up a force field around you so that they can't take your energy. Many a practical case in point, many, many years ago, when I was still working in the big bad corporate world, there was a guy who worked for me who, if I was sitting in my office and he came into me, I knew I was in for a lorry load of energy sucking. So I simply adopted a couple of simple strategies. When he'd come into my office and go to close the door, I'd tell him, don't close the door. I haven't long to talk to you. It wouldn't stop him. So eventually it got to the point where anytime he came in the door, I'd say, don't close the door. He was a slow learner. He had to be told that many times. And I'd stand up and say, I have to be somewhere else in a couple of minutes. We need to adopt. And that's obviously a really simple and practical approach. And I couldn't fire the guy for being 
a negative person, obviously, but I had to manage the individual. So eventually I managed him away. Eventually he moved off somewhere else. Now, somebody has said to me, but what if I'm married to an energy vampire? Well, I have had people on my workshops over the years who sometimes in mid-workshop went home and said to their other half, bye-bye. I've realized that you are bad for me. And as a result, I am bad for you. And it'll be a win-win situation when I walk out the door. I'm serious about that. In one particular case, when my online program was originally a two-day workshop, one of the participants went home on the middle night, in other words, at the end of the first day, packed a little bag and left. There was no one else involved. He had just realized that he needed to get on with his life because the other person, the negative person in the relationship was sucking him dry. And obviously the dynamic between the two of them as a result was toxic. The really interesting thing, because I, I mentioned earlier on, if you're ill at ease in your mind, you will end up suffering from dis-ease in your body. The really interesting thing about that is the person in question had developed an apparently incurable disease about six months after he had married his spouse. About six months after he left his spouse, the apparently incurable disease was cured. If you're ill at ease in your mind, you'll suffer disease in your body. And I will come back to that because I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago and a couple of people said to me, well, will you explore this a bit more? Because this is really important from the perspective of healthy mind and obviously healthy body. But let's move back to the key topic or theme of today's episode and bullying. Bullies are just major negative people. Now, I'll put it another way, actually. Bullies are negative people who have adopted a different strategy. That's all. Now, they, as I said a few minutes ago, they probably adopted that strategy simply on a monkey see, monkey do basis. You know, the old expression that the bullied becomes the bully. Now, that is a generalization, but you know where I'm coming from with that, and you know where I'm going with this as well. You need to have strategies to deal with bullies. And the strategies all revolve around one really simple thing. Stop allowing the bully monopolize your energy and attention. A bully is like the 70,000 thoughts in your own head. Now, we've talked about this before. The 70,000 thoughts in your own head are nothings until you give them your attention. Let me put it in really simple terms. A thought on its own is a nothing. A thought on its own is like a simple puffy white cloud drifting across your clear blue sky. And there are 70,000 of those thoughts drifting across your clear blue sky every day. You're not aware of most of them because it's happening subconsciously, but that's neither here nor there. Those 70,000 puffy little white clouds are nothing until you give them your attention. The moment you give your attention to one of those thoughts, and you see, it doesn't even need to be a negative thought. The minute you give your attention to one of those thoughts, the cloud stops drifting. It becomes stationary over your head and a number of the other little white puffy clouds attach themselves 
to the stationary cloud and the cloud grows into a bigger, darker cloud that will eventually rain on your parade. Thoughts latch on to each other. And that is why meditation is so important because meditation enables us stop giving attention to thoughts. It doesn't enable us to stop thinking. It enables us to change how we invest our energy and attention. The normal mind, the 96% of people that I mentioned earlier on, are, because they're operating on autopilot, giving all or almost all of their attention, believe it or not, almost all of their attention, to some or a number of the 70,000 thoughts in their own head and creating a version of reality based on those thoughts for the simple reason that, whereas I said a moment ago, a thought without your attention is a nothing, thought plus attention equals your version of reality in this moment. And it is peculiarly and particularly your version because it has nothing to do with what is actually going on. It has to do about how you are employing the looped thoughts in your own head to come to your own very personal conclusion as to what is going on in the present moment. In essence, that sounds like a digression, but it's not. A thought without attention is nothing. A thought plus attention is your version of reality. A bully plus your attention that you're allowing him or her take from you equals hell on earth for the bullied person. A bully without your attention is a nothing. Because the only reason the person is bullying you is because they want your attention. Let me put it at a more fundamental level. And by fundamental, I mean the actual building blocks of our universe. In other words, our universe is made up, obviously, of cells and molecules and neurons and nuclei and all that good stuff. But down beneath that, there are particles, there are smaller particles, there are subatomic particles, and down beneath that, there are what modern quantum physics calls shimmering filaments of energy, what are known in that particular field of science as superstrings. I'm made up of shimmering filaments of energy. That's all I'm made up of. I might look solid. My physical being might appear to be the extent of my being in reality, but effectively, I am a body of shimmering filaments of energy that to the naked eye stops at my physical extremities. From the perspective of the biosphere around me, my shimmering filaments of energy go out roughly, give or take, a meter in all directions around me. And from there, out into the universe, my energy is impacting the energy of the universe. When I'm being bullied, my tormentor is actually taking that energy from me and feeding his own energy or her own energy, which has been blocked as a result of the programs that they are running, which are facilitating him or her behave automatically as a bully. They're addicted to your energy. They are addicted to your attention. If you 
come up with strategies, and we'll talk about them in a moment from a practical point of view. If you come up with strategies and tactics to enable you prevent the bully feeding off your energy and attention. The bully, like everything else in life, will pass away. Everything in life arises and passes away. The moment in which I just said that has arisen and passed. The bully will move on. The bully might learn something. Now, that's a really interesting thing, because as I said a moment ago, my shimmering filaments of energy out in the biosphere around me are actually impacting the energy of the universe. I'm tuning myself into the energy of the universe. That's how synchronicity works, for example, and we've talked about that before. But my energy affects all energy, but in particular, it affects the energy of those around me. Now, I don't necessarily mean those around me in close physical proximity. Quantum physics has shown that my energy affects others' energy at regardless what distance they are away from me as a result of non-local communication. But say a, a bully is in my face, that is real close and approximate energy interchange. So if I prevent him feeding my energy or I tune my energy to a different wavelength, if I can put it like that, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment, then my energy may well affect, well, sorry, it actually will affect the bully's energy as well. Whether the bully actually notices or has the ability to take it on board or not will obviously vary person to person. Everybody is unique. The point I'm making is my managing my own energy and attention in the face of a bully may actually impact the bully. So the bully might just move on to bully somebody else. The bully might actually, as an individual, move on. So let's move, let's move on into the practical side of things. Before we do, just let me recap. In effect, the one key thing that a bully is looking for from you is a reaction. It is a reaction that feeds him or her your energy. Even the act of reacting feeds him or her your energy. Now, we only react when we're not in control of our own state of mind. We've talked about this before. If you want to go back and listen to previous episodes, and if you don't, let me sum it up very simply here. When I'm using my mind on automatic pilot, when I'm making and creating my own version of reality, as we said a few minutes ago, I'm going to behave and react to what I think is going on. It is a reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction, and it comes automatically from the automatic pilot. Now, the automatic pilot is most likely to react to a perceived threat. That's the way we evolved. And therefore, if I feel threatened by the bully, and that is essentially what the bully is trying to do to me, I am going to automatically react. I'm going to automatically feel stressed, which only makes matters worse. And I am going to play the bully's game. When I am in control of my own state of mind, we encounter the end of reaction and the start of action. In other words, when I'm in control of my own state of mind, I don't react anymore. I take real action. I take real action on the basis of my clarity of mind 
and my presence of mind and my determination in this case to ensure that I starve the bully of my energy and attention. Now, you might say to yourself straight off, but I can't do that in the face of bully. I'm being bullied at work or I'm being bullied at home or I'm being bullied wherever. And I've been bullied again and again and again, and it's got under my skin. And how can I do that? How could I be, for example, brave enough to say what actually needs to be said to a bully? Bravery and courage are only words that are used by people who are not in control of their own state of mind to describe the unthinkable, notice that word, actions that they would have to take or things they would have to say or do that would require bravery if they're operating from a normal state of mind. In other words, there's no such thing as bravery and courage when you're present. You just do what you need to do, say what you need to say. And as people constantly say to me, when I'm in that state of mind, I surprise myself. Or I was talking to a client last week and he said, I love one of your recent podcasts. And to be quite honest, I do these podcasts and I never listen to them again. I just do them in flow. So I couldn't remember what he was talking about. And to be quite honest, I didn't fully recollect the phrase that he was referring to until he actually said it to me and explained it to me a little more. He said, the phrase I love from you is you super surprise yourself when you're in the zone. In other words, people who are in the zone or what the University of Chicago calls flow, people who are fully present and in control of their own state of mind will say and do what needs to be done, regardless of whether or not their thinking mind thinks that you would need to be brave or courageous to say and do that something. In other words, you just do it. You don't think about it in exactly the same way as in evolutionary times when we were hunter-gatherers. When faced with a threat, we just got the hell out of there. We just did what we needed to do to save ourselves without giving it, not even a second thought, without giving it a first thought. It's your thinking mind that gets in the way of you saying and doing what you need to do to let the bully pass. In terms of tactics, you literally need to walk away from a bully. I recollect, and I was talking to a client about this recently who had an almost identical experience. I recollect in business many, many years ago, meeting one of the most vicious bullies I have ever met in my life. It wasn't just my personal experience. I, I knew a number of other people who had effectively had their businesses stolen from them by this particular individual. And this individual at the time was attempting to do the same thing with me. And I recollect one evening on a deserted street in the middle of town, I'm not talking about in France, I'm talking about in Ireland, this guy shouting and screaming at me, and I simply turned my back on him. And he said, what the hell are you doing? I said, I have a train to catch. And I never spoke to him again. And he never spoke to me again. Sometimes you literally, literally, physically need to turn your back on the bully. But that's only an example. And it's my personal example. And this podcast isn't about me. It is about you. And effectively, what I'm saying to you is you don't need a script. You don't need me to tell you what you need to say or do when confronted by a bully. You will know what to say and do if you are in the right state of mind. Now, you can't 
be in the right state of mind suddenly in the in the face of a threat like that by suddenly saying to yourself oh pull yourself together i'm in the right state of mind no this requires like everything else in life training and practice we know what the training is because we've talked about it often enough in these episodes you need to meditate every morning you only need to meditate for five or six or seven minutes every morning what it does is it enables your doing brain override your thinking brain it does an awful lot more than that but that basically is the end result it enables you be present and it enables you effortlessly that's a scientific fact do and say what you need to do and say to achieve what you want to achieve and obviously confronted by a bully what you want to achieve is get the bully out of your face out of your life meditation is the training the practice is what i call mini meditation in other words during the course of your day when you don't need it you stop and tune yourself back into the state of mind in which you found yourself when you were meditating first thing in the morning and you might do that half a dozen times a day now i've had difficulty encouraging my clients to mini meditate probably because i called it mini meditation and the word they hear is the first word, mini. So they're saying to themselves, well, this couldn't have a significant impact on my life. It's only a mini meditation. And by the way, a mini meditation takes about two minutes or less. But it's the mini meditation that actually matters. Uh, assuming, obviously, you've meditated first thing in the morning. This brings your clarity of mind, your calmness of mind, your presence of mind, your ability to be present from your morning training into the cut and thrust of your day. When my clients start doing this regularly, they all notice something very particular. Case in point, a couple of years ago, I, in a group situation, I encouraged everybody in the group to mini meditate, maybe half a dozen times a day. A few weeks later, I was talking to the same group. Most of them, as I've just alluded to, didn't bother mini meditating uh, they, they obviously somewhere deep down chose to have a, a, a bad day instead of a good day as the day progressed i don't know why but there you are mad people mad people at least in search of sanity but one or two of the guys in the group actually did mini meditate every day and one of the guys said to me i mini meditated half a dozen times a day the minute you told me and i said to him have you noticed anything subsequently he said yeah he said after a couple of weeks of choosing to mini meditate i didn't need to choose to mini meditate anymore my mind started doing it for me why because neuroscience would confirm he had rewired parts of his being and doing brain to enable him be present first of all through practice when it didn't matter but here's where the real action is. If you practice that during the course of the day, when it doesn't matter, you'll be able to be in that state of mind when it does matter. And when you are in that state of mind, for example, confronted by a bully, you will know exactly what to say and do, and your thinking mind won't 
be thinking, oh, you can't say that, or you'd be uncomfortable saying that, or that's going to make matters worse. All the nonsense that the thinking mind goes on with. The thinking mind will simply have been placed out of your way. And you will be free to do and say what you need to do and say to achieve what you want to achieve, which, as I said a moment ago, is to get the bully out of your life. What are you doing? You're effectively giving your energy and attention to what you want to achieve rather than giving your energy and attention to the person who thinks he or she needs it most. And they will pass on. It is as simple as that. Ultimately, we achieve everything that we want to achieve in life effortlessly when we turn up to the here and now. Ultimately, all we need to do is train in the morning and practice during the day. And like everything else in life, practice makes perfect. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www willie